0: Anthem Church. Thanks for checking out our podcast. For all the info you need, visit anthemforall.org and follow at Anthem Church Chicago. What a pivotal season we're in. We really are. I mean, I think this is such a critical moment and such a critical juncture for Anthem Church. And um, just encourage you, uh, above all else, I encourage you to, to get before the Lord and see what he lays on your heart. And that's our exhortation. So uh, um, for those that uh, perhaps didn't know, uh, Debs and I, Mark and Courtney, were away last weekend. Um, perhaps we were missed, perhaps we weren't. I'm not exactly sure. But uh, thank you for releasing us. We had, a, we had an amazing week. Uh, we got to minister um, last weekend at Jody and Vanessa Romero's church in East L.A. Most of you know Jody and Vanessa. Jody's going to be here next week as we ordain Aidan and Eloise and Pekka and Michelle onto the eldership team. So you don't want to miss next Sunday. Uh, So a great time last week um, at their church. We did a marriage seminar, helped with with some leadership training, and then ministered on Sunday, and then uh, ourselves and the Nelsons went up to Reading to a conference at Bethel Church, which was off the charts, just full of the life of God, and uh, we've... Come back super energized, super excited, and just full of faith for the journey ahead of us. So thanks for thanks for, for releasing us. I want to um, jump into the sermon this morning. Um, I can see it's 10 past 11, but I, we did start 10 minutes late um, because of technical issues. So I'm going to claim my full 30 to 35 minutes this morning. So just for the clock watchers, just letting you know, when, when we get to 11.30, I am going to be going on till for my full 30 minutes. So just just keeping you guys aware. We love uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving traditions as a family. And the reason why we love it so much is our two eldest daughters come home from college over that time. So we have a full, a full family. And uh, one of the things we love to do is on the Friday after Thanksgiving is we head out to, drumroll, Home Depot to go and buy our Christmas tree. Um, I've tried every single year to tell the family that's something I can do alone. But Every year I suggest that, they tell me that I'm the Scrooge. So we all jump into our car and drive to Home Depot a mile and a half down the road to go and get our Christmas tree. Uh, Another tradition that we we love to do is to build puzzles, 1,000 or 2,000-piece puzzles. And I hate that. I really do. Uh, (laughs) Except, except... When we get to like 25 to 30 pieces, and then I jump in, and I normally, I normally steal the glory. I normally put like 50, 60% of those last kind of 20 or 30 pieces into the puzzle. And again, much to the annoyance of, of our family. But the, the one tradition that I really love over, over Christmas season is we go watch a family movie. And we always kind of pick a movie and and head off to to the movie theater. And the movie we watched watched last year was Mary Poppins Returns. That was our our family movie. And the show that we got to, the time that we arrived at the movie theater, um, was this kind of maxed out experience. Like kind of was like um, a high definition Dolby surround sound, which I completely understand for a Star Wars movie, movie, but Mary Poppins, I'm... Anyway, be that as it may. Um, And and it was this really cool experience, you know. So we we go into the theater, and and the picture is crystal clear. And, you know, we hear dogs barking from, from behind us. And it wasn't actually dogs in the theater; it was from the movie and trees rustling in that direction. It was this really amazing experience, and and I say that to say I think there are times in our lives when God is desperate to get our attention that He speaks to us in high def Dolby surround sound. It it feels like there are there are moments and seasons where where God will will drive home the kind of same word again and again. It'll you know His word will jump out of the scriptures, and then the next day you go to church and the person preaching is is saying the same thing. Someone praise for you at Connect Group, and and it's the same heart that God is, is bringing. Maybe you hear the lyric in a song. God, at times, and in certain seasons in our lives, does speak to us in, as it were, Dolby surround sound, because He wants to get our attention. He wants to Convey his heart to us. And, and that was our case as we, as we, that was our experience as we transitioned from 2018 into 2019. The, the surround sound word of the Lord to, to Debs and I was the words, uh, the invitation to, to rest and reflect and remember. To to rest and reflect and remember. We were we were being invited to to rest and and to surrender everything of our hearts. We were we were we were being invited to to be all in and and remember as we started this year for those who, who were around at the beginning of the year, we defined all in as not more doing, but more being. And and one of the things we were invited to do was to remember the goodness of God. We sang that song today, You are good. You are good. You are good, and God is so good. This, this week, we, we were, on the first night, we, we didn't have dinner until 9.30, and we were inhaling In-N-Out burgers. I mean, literally, like fries were coming out of my wife's mouth. Courtney went through an In-N-Out, In-N-Out burger like I've never seen before, but while we were doing that, while we were doing that, we were, we were reminiscing on the goodness of God over the last 15 years, and let me tell you, remembering the goodness of God with dear friends is an incredibly refreshing experience. It it really is. Look back. I encourage you, look back and reflect on and remember the goodness of God. But I say all that to say that the the year started well, but the last couple weeks, I found myself drifting back towards old habits. I found myself just drifting back to old habits of feeling easily overwhelmed by circumstances and situations. I found myself drifting back to, to, to feeling unsettled if I can't answer questions. And, and, and feeling like I'm deficient if I don't have all the answers. And, and, and perhaps worst of all, I, I found myself drifting back to, to needing to control situations and needing to be able to know exactly what's, what's going to happen. And, and, and the, the experience that I had, and I wrote this in my journal, it, it, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, yesterday felt like I was walking on sure ground. Today it feels like I'm in sinking sand. And as I said those words, as I, as I prayed those words, as I wrote those words down, as I said them, I felt this, this pull, this draw to read Psalm 40. And I want to read the first three verses from Psalm 40 for you this morning. Remember that, that prayer, Lord, I feel like I'm in quick, quicksand? And immediately, this is what the Lord said to me from Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. And I've written out of the quicksand. I've actually written quicksand in my Bible, in the margin of my Bible. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. That rock is, is Jesus. That's the rock on which I stand. Not the, not the rock in, 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 in which I stand, but the rock in whom I stand. Jesus, that unassailable refuge. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. And so for me, it was absolutely clear in that moment that, that God was speaking. But the question I had to ask myself is, what do I do with what God was saying? What do I do with what God was saying? And I want to share with you real quick just five things that I did. Not, not a not a checklist, not a, not a recipe, not a formula, but, but over the years, these are generally things that I do when God speaks, and they flex depending on how God speaks and what God is saying. And you don't have to write them down right now, because I'm going to quickly share what God did to me in that moment, and then we're going to circle back and unpack these a little more today. But the first thing I did when God spoke was I recorded it. I wrote it down. I wrote down what God was saying so that I could refer back to it later. The second thing I did was I reviewed it. I went back to it. In fact, for the last two weeks, every single day, for the last well, almost every single day, there was anyway, almost every single day I've I've gone back and I've reviewed Psalm forty and just allowed the word of the Lord to, to to kind of speak to me. Can I say God's life is always in what on whatever he says? God's life is always on whatever he says. And so when God speaks, I want to, and I hope you want to too, get all of the life of God out of every promise that he's speaking over you. I recorded it. I reviewed it. Thirdly, I shared it. In this case, I, I, I went to Deb's, and I, and I shared with her, and there has to be wisdom with this, but I shared with her what God was saying. James chapter 5, I think it is, says, confess your sins one to another. You know that verse? I think to myself, yes, confess your sins. But how much more should we share the revelations and insights and words that God is sharing with us? If we're called to confess our sins, let's do even more the good things and the incredible blessings that God is speaking over us. Fourthly, I prayed through it. Lord, help me to wait patiently for you, to trust in you, because those who wait on the Lord will renew, your, will renew their strength. Thank you, Lord, that your face is turned to me so that when I cry out to you, you hear, you hear me. And thank you that you've pulled me out of despair and out of discouragement and you've set me on the rock. Jesus, you are the rock on which I stand, the rock that will never be shaken. And now, Lord, you've placed a new song in my mouth and I will declare your hope and I will declare your purpose and I will declare your praise and I will declare your destiny for me. And as I do that, Lord, I trust that many will see you in me and hear you call them. And Lord, I pray that they would put their hope in you. That's the essence of what I've been praying these last uh, two weeks. And then lastly, I contended for it, and I fought for it. And every time our situations were kind of dragging me down and making me feel overwhelmed, I would go back to Psalm 40, and I would just marinate again in the promise of God and allow the Word of God to wash over me. And, and, and I just I felt that strength come, come back. The, David writes in the Psalms, the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous run to it the righteous run to the Lord and and in the Lord in the presence of God we find safety friends i think sometimes when god speaks when when god promises something sometimes we overemphasize the ultimate result We overemphasize the fulfillment of the word of the Lord. And sometimes the fulfillment of the word can take weeks, months, if not years to get to. And when we overemphasize the the result, we miss out on the true treasure, which is the journey towards the result where we learn more about ourselves and more about who we are in Jesus. That's the ultimate treasure. So don't just put your hope in the fulfillment of the word, which will come one day. Find the true treasure every single day growing closer to Jesus and growing in your revelation in Him. That's a long 10-minute introduction to the third part of our series on hearing God. This is the last of what we're saying. And the last two weeks have been incredible. Matt and Sheetal have taught us that that God speaks. And, and as Matt was teaching two weeks ago, I was sitting in the front row and I, and I had this, this image in my mind. I, I love historical movies, especially movies with knights and kings on thrones. I I love movies like that. And, And in most of those movies, if the son is beloved to the father, the son always sits at the father's right hand. The king on the throne has a son at the father's right hand. And that intimacy and closeness that the son has to the father, that proximity that he has means that he can always hear what the father is saying. Whether it's a command spoken across the throne room or whether it's a quiet whisper, the Son always hears what the Father says. And Mark reminded us this morning from Ephesians chapter 2, we are in Christ. We are seated at the Father's right hand. Friends, you and I, those of us who are in Christ, are within earshot of the Father's most intimate whisper. That's the promise. That's the truth. That's what the Bible, the Word of God declares. And so I want to say, for every one of us, we have the privilege, sons and daughters, of hearing the Father's most intimate whisper. But the question I want to ask and answer today is, what do we do with what God says? What do we do with what God says? And I I know even by saying or kind of proposing that's the sermon today, I acknowledge that across the room, there are people in varying places on their journey in understanding that God speaks. There are some very mature and and, and very settled in the reality of God speaking, and some who are just beginning to understand that that a privileged uh, um, right of ours as sons and daughters is the fact that the Father speaks his heart to us. And so I acknowledge the difference. But I, I want to say for every one of us, let's, let's capture, let's grab hold of some of the things that I hope God wants to teach us this morning. It's going to be a very simple message. It's going to be a very practical message. But I, I want to say a very important message for every single one of us. So what do we do with what God says? Can I just say quickly, before we jump into that, if you are here today as, and you're perhaps visiting And you are not a follower of Jesus Christ. You might be thinking, well, well, how on earth is this message relevant for me? And and, and I want to say this. Every single message that is preached on hearing God should, the ultimate message of, of, of that sermon should always be about the greatest thing God desires. And that is an intimate relationship with each one of us. So if you're here today and you are not a follower of Jesus, you might not grasp absolutely all the intricate details, but I want you to hear this above all else. God desires to be with you more than he desires the things that you can do for him. So I encourage you to open your hearts this morning. All right, five things. We're going to circle back on that kind of, that, that example that I gave you out of Psalm 40. But five things that I think are important for us all to do. And, and I'm going to be quite broad and quite kind of uh, paint broad brushstrokes because God speaks to us in different ways. Maybe maybe God's speaking to you in this season right now in that high-def surround sound kind of analogy. Maybe God's just giving you a, a small, a gentle whisper. Maybe there's a prophetic word that's been spoken over your life. So... Whatever it is, however God is speaking to you, here are five things that I think are important for us to consider in answering the question, what do I do with what God has said? And the first one is we must record it. We must record it. We must write it down. And I know that's, so, that's such a simple thing to say, but, but if this has happened to me so often, someone comes and they, they give me a prophetic word, and in the moment, I'm like basking in the glory of God, and I'm like, I'm never going to forget this word. And I kid you not, two days later, I sit down and I'm like, oh man, what what did they say? So find whatever system you use, find a way to to write it down, to record it immediately, and to go back to that word when you need to. For, for For what it's worth, I have a journal that I write things in, and I have Evernote on my phone. And I record things. If I don't have my journal, I record things right there on Evernote in my phone or on a journal when I'm spending time with the Lord. But... Find a system that works for you that you can record it. Listen to what Habakkuk says, uh, the prophet Habakkuk says in chapter 2. This is from the message paraphrase. He says, uh, and the Lord said, write down the revelation. Write down what you see, what you hear. Write down what I said to you is, is essentially what God is saying. Write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run, so that you won't forget what God has said when you get busy. The vision message is, is a witness pointing to what is coming. It aches for the coming. It can hardly wait. And, and it, the word, doesn't lie. If it seems slow in coming, wait. It's on the way. It will come right on time. And I just, I hadn't even thought about this, but I just, I just feel to say that over some of you. God's promise, God has not forgotten his promises over you. It will come right on time. Father, I just release peace over some here who are wrestling with your timing. I release your peace in Jesus' name. Review, firstly, write it down. Secondly, the second thing we need to do is we need to review it. We need to review, we need to go back, we need to find ourselves circling back and marinating on and chewing on the Word of God. I said this earlier, but the life and power of God is on everything, He says. Can I say that again? The life and power of God is on everything, He says. And if that is the case, which I believe it is, if that is the case, then i want to I want to chew on god 's word i want to I want to get every bit of life out of the word of God that he wants to 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 give me. We were in reading this week, and Candace gave me a gift card to a, a, a coffee shop. How many of you know when you get a gift card to a place you you order extravagantly more than you would if you 're paying out of your own money I mean you know that to be true so so like a like a small a small drip coffee suddenly becomes like the the biggest the biggest fanciest coffee with all the fixings that you could ever imagine and and that's what I did with a gift card because because you know there was there was money on that gift card like there is life and power in God's word and when God speaks don't just don't just take little bits no be extravagant in in pulling out the fullness of life from the word of God that he has spoken over you The Old Testament tells the the account of how God supernaturally fed the nation of Israel as they were passing through the wilderness with manna from heaven. And when God first provided manna, the Israelites literally said, what is it? And in Exodus 16, and that's what manna means. Manna means, what is it? And and, and in Exodus 16, uh, Moses had to explain to the Israelites what the manna was. He says this. He says, it's the bread the Lord has given you to eat. How many of you know that when God first speaks, often our response is, what, what is it, Lord? What, 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 are you, what are you trying to say to me? And, and I say that to say, in order for the Israelites to, to pull out the full uh, a, a benefit of the manna from heaven, they had to work it a little. They had to break it open. They had to do something to it in order to get the nutrients out of it. And in Numbers 11, it tells us what they did the manner was like coriander seed and the people went around and they gathered it and then they ground it in a hand mill or crushed it in a mortar and then they cooked it in a pot or made it into loaves and can i say that's something of what we need to do with the word of god when god's word comes it comes as a seed we need to gather god's word sometimes we need to find a way whatever it is whatever god's word is to us we need to find his strategy to break it open so that it can release power. Sometimes breaking it open means studying deeper on the thing God is saying. Sometimes breaking it open means waiting for God to speak a confirmation to that word. Sometimes breaking it open is actually stepping out in obedience in that moment to what God has said. Sometimes breaking it open is is letting it, let it, just waiting. Just sitting on allowing the word to to germinate, to take root in our hearts. Allowing that word to mature like a a good red wine. Just allowing that word to to marinate. What was God teaching the Israelites? What is God teaching us by this account of him feeding them with manna from heaven? It tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 8, The Lord fed you with manna to teach you that man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. I think sometimes we, we make the mistake of thinking that if we don't read the word of God, God's going to send us through a desert season. If we don't read the word of God, or, or we sometimes think that reading the word of God is insurance against going through a desert season. Desert season. And I want to say no, that's, that you've, you've missed God's heart. Desert seasons are inevitable. There are times we will all go through the wilderness. He was teaching them, he was teaching us, that when you go through the wilderness, we need to stand and draw on God's word because that's what gives us strength to get through to the other side. Every prophetic person I know and every prophetic person I've seen are deeply in love with the word of God. Deeply in love with the word of God. Before we jump away from this idea of reviewing it, I wanted to share a couple quick thoughts around specifically what we do with the prophetic. If we have a prophetic word to share, or if we are receiving a prophetic word, and First Thessalonians chapter five, this, the verse should come up on the screen behind me, says this, and this is jam packed with truth. These kind of three or four verses jam packed with truth. It says, "Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt." But test them all, hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. What Paul is saying is, don't pour cold water on the Spirit's fire. Don't pour cold water on the Spirit's fire. How do we do that? We, we pour cold water on the Spirit's fire when we, when we despise and when we treat the prophetic with contempt, when we dismiss the prophetic. He says, don't do that. Don't do that. We need to, he goes on, how do we tend to despise? The prophetic, we do that when we don't test what the Lord has given us. Can I suggest it's not just test what we receive so that we can hold on to what is good, but it is test what we want to share so that we can make sure that what we give is good. And every single word that we receive from somebody If it is from the Lord, can I tell you this? It will always line up with Scripture. God will never contradict His word. I don't mean to to, to break anyone's bubble, but you are not the exception to the rule. Don't say, I know the Bible says X, but God said to me Y. No, God will never contradict His word. So for us to grow as a prophetic people, for us to grow in receiving and giving prophetic words, become a lover of his word. Become a lover of his word so that we can make sure that what we're doing is right and lines up with what he said. Record it. Review it. Time is ticking away. Thirdly, share it. Share it. I understand we need to be wise, and I encourage you to be wise in who you share with. There is a, there is, we need to acknowledge the tension of, of kind of holding on to the truths of God, but also finding counsel in the wisdom of others. And, and by God's grace, ask the Father what His intention is. But, but I think there is, there is a great strength and privilege in sharing wisely with others the things that God is saying. Your greatest privilege, my greatest privilege as a son, or in your case perhaps a daughter of the Lord Most High, is that we get to access his presence and to hear his voice. You could leave here today and take two minutes and Google a sermon on any topic that you can think of. And within five seconds, you'll receive tens of thousands of sermon options. And you could choose one or two of those, and depending on how long-winded the preacher is, within 30, to, to 30 minutes to an hour, you will get to know what their opinion is on, on the subject of your choice. Or you could take that same amount of time and ask your father what he thinks. I have no issue with learning from others. I think we need to learn from others, but not as a substitute to hearing from our Father in heaven. Don't cede that privilege to anyone else, even me. Don't place greater value on what is taught from this pulpit than what your Father in heaven wants to tell you. Having said that, there is value in learning from others. God has placed us in a body. God wants to speak to us through others for a number of reasons. I've written just a few of them down. Firstly, God wants to help you understand that you are connected to a body. You belong to to a family. You are part of something far bigger than just you and Jesus. 1 Corinthians 12 says, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. You are part of the body of Christ, and every one of you is part of it. Secondly, why why does God allow uh, 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 others to speak to you so that he can speak to you through others? Secondly, to confirm things you you already know, To to confirm things you believe God has put on your heart. The Bible says, We know in part, therefore we prophesy in part. You're familiar with that verse? I would put it this way, and I think it would be completely true and not wrong to say this. You know in part because you hear in part. You're following? You guys are going silence on me. Okay. You know in part, therefore you prophesy in part. But you prophesy in part because you hear in part. Okay? None of us hear the word of God absolutely clearly. We need one another. We need to learn and, and grow in, 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 in help in, in our understanding of God by the body that he puts us in. Because we know in part and we prophesy in part, I need your part to add to my part so that I can see the full picture. That's why we need one another. That's why we need encouragement from one another. We need one another because we're connected to a body. We need one another because it helps us confirm what God has said. We need one another to comfort us in difficult times. Sometimes when we're waiting for the word to be fulfilled, we need the comfort that others bring to stand with us and to pray with us and to fight with us and to contend with us for the promises of God. I want to make a quick comment about the role specifically of elders in this opportunity, this this part of hearing together in community. And and it's kind of important to say, in the light of especially next weekend, as we ordain the Whitakers and its onto the eldership team, if you're walking to work and God stirs your heart to go and uh, provide a meal to a, a homeless person, can I say you don't need an angelic visitation to confirm that. You need to just do what God's Word has said. Feel the freedom just to pray for the sick Share the gospel. Feed, the, feed, feed the, the, the homeless. Whatever God has put on your heart as it lines up with Scripture. But when it comes to important decisions, when it comes to significant decisions, and I don't, that, that's different for each of us. A big financial decision, perhaps a, a job change, perhaps a ministry opportunity. Those are are helpful times to bring in uh, uh, someone on the leadership team, maybe an elder or an elder's wife, to to get and invite their perspective. Not, hey, this is what God said, and I'm telling you what I'm doing. But, hey, this is what I sense God is saying. What is your perspective? What is your thoughts? Help me me navigate this with particular wisdom couple of reasons why I think this is helpful. Firstly, as I've said already, I think getting someone else's perspective helps to fill out the picture of what God is saying. Secondly, the reason why I think it's helpful to bring elders in is because one of the functions of eldership, and it actually says this in the word of God, is there is an overseeing anointing that rests upon the elders. It doesn't make them better than, it's just a different gifting. And that overseeing anointing enables elders as it were, to, to stand and to see above and beyond the immediate circumstances, and that to have a sense of discernment as to what God might be doing beyond the here and now, which sometimes is all we can see. It was really hard to get up there with skinny jeans, but anyway. <laughs> and then thirdly, to say this, sometimes it's helpful to bring the elders in because it's great to be sent. To be sent into our ministry. To be sent into our future. To be sent into our inheritance. There's a difference between going and being sent. And I would say I want to be sent every single time. we nearly finished. Record it. Review it. Share it. Fourthly, pray it. I'm not going to spend much time on this because literally towards the end of last year, we looked at Matthew chapter 6. The, the framework that Jesus gives us on how to pray. Our Father It always starts with relationship with our Father. That's the ultimate goal. Every word of the Lord, the ultimate goal is to reveal more about our Father in heaven and more about ourselves and who we are in Jesus. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. The Word of God to you, through a prophetic word, through the Bible, whatever it is, the Word of God to you doesn 't come into vac- doesn 't come and, and, and minister to us in a vacuum. it comes with the full backing of heaven into the reality of the circumstances that we face god 's Word is given to you to impact your immediate situation and circumstances. I feel like i 'm doing a lot of pointing please i 'm not there you go. <laughs> That's far better than pointing. <laughs> That's far less accusational. And I'm not being accusational in any way, shape, or form. I'll do, I'll do that. <laughs> your, our, our Father, your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us. Forgive us. Lead us. Deliver us. What the word of God brings, the promise of God that, that, that comes, don't be afraid to ask for all you need to see that word coming to fruition. Lord lead us lord lord give us lord forgive us lord deliver us record it review it share it pray it lastly contend for it contend for it contend for it contend that god's word would bear fruit Contend that God's promise would come to pass. Contend for for the reality that you would know your identity in Jesus. Contend for the fact that God wants to show you more about himself and more about those around you and more about who you are in him. Contend for those truths. Uh, Paul writes to to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter one, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies, with the word of God once made about you so that by recalling them, by reviewing them, By reminding yourselves of them, you may fight the battle well. I'm going to give you a very dramatic example of this, but you can apply it in your situation. Because every single one of us will face, in in responding to the word of God, we will face a moment where, where our trust in God and our faith in his promises will be tested. And we need to learn to contend for those promises. Very kind of dramatic story, uh, but, but I hope it'll illustrate the point. And some of you know this, but uh, broad brush strokes. Before we left South Africa to plant a church in Chicago, God had been speaking repeatedly time and time again. But, but I needed, I said to the Lord, Lord, I cannot uproot my family and bring them over here without being absolutely certain and sure that you have spoken. And that night, literally that night, I went to bed and had a dream. And in that dream... Jesus is standing holding a lampstand. And if you know the book of Revelation, a lampstand is representative of a local church. And in this dream, Jesus calls me over. and He says, Steve, I've got something for you. He has a lampstand with your name on it. And he gave, me this, he gave me this lamp in the dream. And I woke up that night lying in bed, clutching the bedside lamp. And I was like, Lord, I think you've spoken that I need to move my family to America. Fast forward, Fast forward a few years later, God began to stir our hearts that He wanted to give us a son and He wanted to bless us, bless us with a son. And we kind of wrestled with that. The church plant was very new, and we were in a new, new nation and no family around us. And, but we felt the Lord say, He wants to give us a son of promise. And, and so, lo and behold, we were obedient, and, and the Lord blessed us with a son. Now, I say those two stories because the word of the Lord got tested. And we needed to contend for what he promised. Because a year later, we received in the mail the fact that our green card application had been denied. And we had four months to leave the country. And we called the elders and we said, Guys, what do we do? And they were like, No, this is not of God. We need to contend for this. And a couple nights later, Debs was out with her girlfriends and I was putting Kate to sleep. He was only about six months old. And I was walking in his room, just holding him, praying in the spirit. And as I was praying, I felt God say, you are holding your son of promise in the land of your inheritance. And I say that to say there are seasons when God's word and God's promise over our lives will be tested. And we will wonder if God will be faithful and if God will come through. And I want to say, friends, we need to learn to contend together for the promise of God. And to not give up until we see what God said come to pass. I loved what Mark said this morning. Guys, sometimes our breakthrough is just a moment away. And sometimes we fight and we contend and we fight and we pray and we trust. And then we just, as we're about to see breakthrough, we're like, I can't do this anymore. And I want to say, that's what community is for. That's what we're here together for one another. Too. When your arms get weak, when your voice grows hoarse from praying, when your eyes hurt too much from tears, when your body is too weak to carry another another day's worth of burden and feeling overwhelmed that's when you turn to one another and you say would you fight with me for me not with me would you fight for me sorry would you fight for me would you contend with me would you cry with me would you help me to pray would you lift your my hands for me would you lift my head to Jesus for me we need to learn to contend together All right, let's bring this into the land. Record it, review it, share it, pray it, contend for it. Some homework for you guys and then we're going into land. Sorry, Anthem Kids teachers. I've been five minutes over time. Here's some homework. I want you to go home this week and I want you to think about two or three promises or words that God has spoken over your life right now. Two or three Promises or words? Things that you are holding on for, that God has spoken over you. And then I want you to run through that checklist this week. Have you recorded it? Have you reviewed it? Are you going back to those promises? I want you to remind yourself this week of those promises. Is there someone that you trust that you can share that word with? I want you to pray for that word I want you to contend for that word and prayer. I want you to I want you to stand on the rock I want you to allow Jesus this week to pull you out of that sinking sand of despair and to place you on that rock that is that is him that unassailable rock that is him and let his word come to pass in the right time Let's close our eyes. As I was preparing for this message this morning, I felt just the word faithful. Faithful. God wants us to be faithful. Faithful with little, entrusted with much is a kingdom principle. Faithful with little, entrusted with much is a kingdom principle. And I feel like there's an invitation from heaven This morning, for this week, for us to to learn how to be faithful with the words God has spoken over us, over you as individuals, over your families, over this church. First Corinthians chapter four says, those who've been given a trust must prove faithful. It doesn't say those who've been given a trust must prove successful. The onus to fulfill or to make the promise come to pass is not on you. God's not looking for you to be successful to that word. God's looking for you for us for me to be faithful with that word. He's the one who fulfills the promise. He's wanting us to be faithful. And so Father, I pray in Jesus name for a quiet courage to come upon us for fire to come upon us that we would be a faithful people with your word thank you that you are so gracious Lord I just feel God is saying to those who maybe feel like you've, you've, you've released the promise you've, you've let the promise go you've convinced yourself that the promise is not going to happen and I feel God saying I've got this I'm still holding on for you I still have that promise in the palm of my hand I still have it for you. It's not too late. It's not over. It's not forgotten. And I just feel, I actually just get a picture right now of the Father kind of handing that promise back to you. And you don't have to do this. It just, but just, I just feel, just, just again, just to open your hands and just to receive that, that promise. That maybe you've, you've forgotten or you've let go that promise that you've maybe just kind of thrown aside because you just, you can't hold on for another year. And I just feel God is saying, I wanna give you that promise back. I wanna give you that promise back. Come, Jesus. Strength. Courage. Humility. Patience. Breathe on us, Jesus. Breathe on us, Jesus. Thank you. Thanks again for listening. To stay up to date, follow at Anthem Church Chicago and visit us, anthemforall.org. Anthem Church, all of Jesus for everyone.